0: in the highest thank you once again for receiving me I want to bring you a message entitled who is weak and I am NOT weak who is weak and I am NOT weak and this subject is taken from 2nd Corinthians 11 verse 29. Paul says, Who is weak and I am not weak. Who is made to fall and I am not indignant. I just read from the English Standard Version. Now in this chapter, as Paul himself admits and describes it, he is foolishly boasting and Paul calls it foolishness but says that they should bear with him as he engaged in such boasting because ultimately for Paul he believes that he shouldn't be boasting but what brought Paul to this point of succumbing to the temptation? is that the Church of Corinth were beginning to submit themselves to other people who, I believe, were seen to be apostles or fathers at the time. And these people were people who simply wanted to exact authority over the church, the church of Corinth. There were people who appeared to be more domineering than Paul. And Paul is giving them reasons why they should not mistake his meekness for a weakness. And he's showing them evidences that he is deserving of being their leader and their apostle. And he he is doing this out of love because he does not want them to be attracted to people whose only interest is to oppress them with their authority. Now, in the course of this boasting, in the course of this boasting, Paul quickly veers into an area that I, I would like to describe as the climax of his boasting. He veers or he, he releases this last area of boasting. That's usually the point that you usually reserve for the last, to make your last point. And it seems to be his last point because of the way he started. He says in... Verse 28, and apart from other things, there is the daily pressure on me of my anxiety for all the churches. That is the English Standard Version. But if you look at the King James Version, it says, Beside those things that are without. So he has talked, he has spoken about the pressures from the outside the sleepless night, the hunger, the thirst, the frequent journeys, the crossing of rivers, the danger from robbers and all that. And he says that besides all these things that are happening on the outside, inside of me there is something happening. And he describes it as the daily pressure of anxiety. How he is burdened every day with the needs of the church. So today's message may address leaders in our church the more. So Paul now explains in the next verse, verse 29, what the pressure he's talking about entails. And the pressure is that he says, when someone among the flock, when someone in the church is weak, all the branches there that were under his care that he was an apostle over. And someone is weak, he feels a weakness too. It's who is weak, and I am not weak. He's referring to the burden of empathy and how heavy it can be. Do you know that empathy can be a very heavy burden for people who care, for people who love the concern. That the love generates can be so burdening sometimes, and sometimes we are tempted to stop caring, sometimes we are tempted to stop being concerned because feeling concerned alone is a heavy burden, enough, it makes you weak. So, someone may be weak. And experience the weakness themselves. The personally experiencing that weakness. But your concern for them makes you weak in another regard. The sometimes annoying thing is the person who is weak may not even feel that they are in a weak state. But for your concern, you are now so weakened and touched by their weakness. And is this burden that some pastors are tired of bearing, so they slowly retire and they don't want to be deeply connected to the weaknesses of their flock? Is it their fault? At least in the time of Paul, Paul says that who is weak and I am not weak. Paul seems to be asking among the many that who among you is weak and I am not weak. In our time, almost the whole flock is weak and sick. And maybe if a pastor, a leader, a minister is too concerned and too deeply touched by this weakness, He may be too weak. He may may become overwhelmed. Sometimes it begins to get overwhelming. That's what Paul is talking about. He's talking about the pressure. You remember the context is a context of suffering. So he's talking about how the empathy, the concern you have for the flock can become so overwhelming. As ministers today, we may feel This burden too. But should we give up on the flock? Should we give up on the flock? One time the same apostle Paul was worried and concerned. He said, I hope that my labor for you has not been in vain. He said it. I hope I have not labored in vain. Another time. He said to the, the, the church in Thessalonica, in 1 Thessalonians 3, verse 5 to 8, particularly, particularly verse 5. He said, when I could not take it any longer, I sent to learn about your fate for fear that somehow the tempter had tempted you and our labor would be in vain. So Paul was afraid. Paul, At a point, Paul was overwhelmed. And now he wants to know at least this other branch of mine. How are the members doing? Let me know whether at least they have not fallen to the temptation of the devil. So ministry requires emotional attachment to the flock. Ministry is not just professional work. You know, there are other works that you can just go do. And when you come back home, you forget about the work And uh, you enjoy with your wife and family or your husband and your family. And the next morning when you go to work, you deal with the work. You are not personally invested in the work life. Your soul is not connected to the work. Your emotions are not connected to the work. That is not how ministry is like. Of course, there's an extent to which we should not be consumed by these pressures. The Holy Spirit should help us uh, handle these pressures well. But the solution is not to give up on the flock altogether and the unconcerned and the out of touch with the flock. Paul says, who is weak among you and I am not weak? Another time, Paul says that he is happier if he is weak and his flock is strong. Second Corinthians 13 verse 9. For we are glad when we are weak and you are strong. Your restoration is what we pray for. So Paul is saying that if I can can exhaust my energy preaching, praying, counseling, fasting in the work of the ministry, in the way that makes my flock, the people under my care, strong. If I can do that, then I am happy when I am tired and weak but they are strong and restored. So that is that is the, the trait of a good pastor. Your strength is not just your own, your own spiritual stability and all that, but your strength is when your flock is strong. So a pest, a, a, a person or a pastor who grows exhausted and weak from from, from making others strong. And then he's happy to see them strong and happy. That, that is the good trait. In this day and age where the, 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 the thing is, we are saying we can't kill ourselves and we are all selfish about our happiness and, 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 and our mental health and all that. It, it, it may get to you as a minister and you begin to give up on, on, on the people that Christ has put in your care. Do You remember that Jesus asked Peter, Do you love me more than these before he committed a flock to them? If you love your own comfort and all that over the duty you have as a minister of God, then you are, not, you are not discharging that duty very well. As much as you are not Christ as a pastor, at least to some measure, you are supposed we all as Christians are supposed to lay down our lives for one another. And as a pastor, you must take the lead in that regard. If you love the great shepherd, you'll be touched by the weaknesses of his flock. And you'll be willing to help them, heal them, strengthen the feeble knees among them. A pastor cannot give up on the flock Christ has committed to him. You cannot give up on them in your heart and only be with them in in your mouth, with your lips. Your heart must remain soft and alive towards them. You cannot turn your back on people Christ has not turned his back on. Who is weak among them? If someone is weak among them, why are you not weak also? In the book of Ezra, Ezra went to Israel while the temple of Jerusalem was being completed and realized that the people were walking in sin, they were intermarrying with tribes that God had instructed them not to marry. The Bible says that Ezra 9 verse 3, As soon as I heard this, I tore my garment, my cloak, and pulled hair from my head and beard, and sat apart. When Ezra heard the sin of his people, he was touched. He was saddened. He wasn't content with his own spirituality. If your only goal is to remain standing for God, you are not concerned about your brothers. They are not fit to be a leader in the church. The leaders that Christ will appoint over his disciples will be those who have the burden of strengthening the faith of their colleagues. Selfish faith makes no one a pastor. It is the empathy towards the weakness of others that qualifies you as a leader in the church of Christ. Keep your heart soft in the ministry. Keep your your heart soft towards others who is weak and you are not weak. God bless you. I was just a child when I felt the Savior leading. I was strong to what I could not understand. And for the cause of Christ, I have spent my days believing that what it have is who